Welcome to the Ike Packers Podcast. Go Pack Go. Jair Alexander with the tip. Packers with the win. Go Pack Go. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Please leave a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. We're IKE underscore Packers on Twitter. Welcome back to another episode of the Ike Packers Podcast. Green Bay got the job done at home against the LA Rams. Were they without Matt Safford? Yes, but that does not change the difference that this season is still alive. We've got game recap analysis around the league and more. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get into today's episode. To another episode of the Ike Packers Podcast. My name is Alex Eichstead. I'm your host and Packers fans. Welcome in. We have a win to celebrate. The Green Bay Packers knocked off the Los Angeles Rams 20-3 at Lambeau in what was a rainy game and, you know, mixed reactions to the game. So we have recap, analysis, we're going to give some NFL roundtable talk as well. So welcome in. We want to thank all the listeners from the over 100-plus countries, the 80,000-plus that we see on X actively sharing the content. Keep it up. Packers conversation is still holding strong, stronger than it's ever been, and that's a testament to you. So we have a great show today. I'm joined by my co-host, KJ. KJ, welcome to the show. How you doing? Packers fans. It's great to be back with you. I'm doing great because we got a win. We got a win for the first time in a month, over a month. I was like 40-some days. It was not pretty. It was ugly. It was like going and getting like your tooth pulled, honestly. Um, it was a painful experience, uh, but but they all count the same. So I want to take a more of like a positive tone because, look, there's plenty of negative about this Packers team, and, and trust me, there is depth to that. Uh, But you have to celebrate the small wins when you get them. And for me, the Packers getting a win here, it's like after last week's show, we were on on the doorstep of like taking this season out back and like, you know, putting her down. And you don't really have to do that now. Like the season is taking off life support a bit. And it's very interesting because they say a lot of times, whether it's like life or something else, Uh, things will like overreact or overcorrect and then they'll kind of like revert back towards the mean a little bit well last week's episode I I say I would say like or even last week's Packers um, you know like status so to speak may have been rock bottom it's like that's when we were so you know heading towards a top five pick like the pick was looking like it might even be number one overall so you have to maybe think about taking a quarterback in the consideration um bringing that at least into the conversation which i know the packers did not want to do but it's like now that we've almost like uh reverted back towards the mean a little bit like after one week later it's okay well maybe we can take a marvin harrison jr or something like that it's like it looks like the packers probably won't be near the top top of the draft where they're picking um you know like a a quarterback which that'll be very interesting either way if that happens but it seems like they're kind of like yeah this is a rebuilding year yes we are going to have some ugly games ugly wins ugly losses growing pains you name it but it seems like okay we're going to be in like that that lower middle tier not like the doormat tier of the nfl and uh, it's kind of one of those things I, I took away. So, so I'm going to be positive this week, but but boy, was it ugly. I mean, I mean, I can't wait to jump in, man, because there's nothing better than Packers banter. Thank you for joining us, Packers fans. Let's have a great show. Used the word doormat, and that's kind of the way I would describe 
the play on the field on Sunday. Leading up to the game, Packers fans, I'm just asking KJ, I said, who the Packers got this weekend again? And the, the Rams. Oh, yeah, the Rams. And I thought to myself, I need to check Matt Stafford. What's going on with Matt Stafford? Whip open Ike Packers. Take a look. Turns out he's inactive. I fire it off. Brett Rippian? Rippin? <laughs> Who the no, hell no. is this guy? That, to me, was an automatic dub. And so, in general, Packers fans, I'm happy that it was a dub, a 20-3 to yeah. dominant performance. Who is Brett Rippian? He's a guy you need to get that win on at all costs. And so that was kind of my mindset going into this game. Okay, let's get that win. Let's move forward towards the Steelers matchup, which we'll preview at the end of the show. But that's where my head was at, Cage. And what I saw in the first half was still extremely, extremely ugly uh, before we even get to the final result, just the way the Packers are coming out games, what do you got to say, Cage? Terrible, bro. I mean, drop passes, uh, a lot of mistakes, terrible amount of penalties. You know how you know where I stand at Matt LaFleur, and if anyone doesn't know where I stand, I'm not a fan. I don't think he's the guy. Um, we'll see. You know, he's definitely tied at the hip with Jordan Love, so it looks like he's going to be here. Uh, I just see so many self-inflicted wounds. And and you see people saying that about the Packers. They say self-inflicted wounds, self-inflicted wounds, but they fail to, like, connect that to coaching as if it's some sort of hidden possibility that couldn't possibly um, be the reason for all these self-inflicted wounds. And, man, it's not like every single thing is Matt LaFleur's direct fault, but all of this is his responsibility and so the Packer almost like I've used the analogy in previous episodes. We're basically like fighting with one hand behind our back. You 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 look at the positives in the game. Like we actually ran Aaron Jones, right? Aaron Jones is consoling Dontavian Wicks about the fumble. Well, then Aaron Jones forgets to do his own job and actually hang out of the football. This isn't a winning he football fumbles. team. It's not a winning football team. You know, no. it's, it's, it was just bad football. Um, I think like 97% of Packers fans tuning in agreed that, look, say what you want, we're going to take a positive approach about the win. That was some of the ugliest football I've ever seen. Like, I've seen high school <laughs> games on par with that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have probably seen some better high school games and, and for sure some better college games. But, yeah, man, I mean, like, where do you even where do you even begin, right? Like, you got the offsides penalties on the offense. You know, maybe they, they, they meant to say, like, lined up in the neutral zone or something. But just stuff that you expect like it's almost like when you when you hire someone for a job right or like you, you show up to work or something or you have a new coworker, new new partner new, new new whatever teacher you expect that they might know how to read you know what i'm saying like like hey man i don't know how smart you are i don't know like how sophisticated you are what your strengths and weaknesses are but i assume that this man or this woman or this gentleman or this lady i assume they're at least going to know how to read it's like the person shows up and they don't even know how to read and the Packers linemen, like, they don't even know how to line up. You know, the Packers offense, they don't even know how to go a single quarter without getting penalties. And our ball carriers, like, we don't know how to make it easy on Jordan Love. We don't know how to protect the football. It's it's going to be interesting because I, I, I wonder if this is almost one of those, like, they call it a dead cat bounce, Packers fans, for, for like, a financial term. It's basically like when there's a huge crash, you know, there might be some more green, things shoot back up a little bit. People think it's a rally, but then it slams even lower. They call that a dead cat bounce. I'm, I'm worrying that how bad the football we witnessed on Sunday 
this could be we could be set up to be getting like absolutely steamrolled by our upcoming opponents the Packers are getting into a tougher portion of the schedule the good news is, is that the Steelers seem to be completely incapable of scoring or their offense is like pretty atrocious our defense is great they should be able to hold them Pittsburgh to, to not that many points therefore we should have a shot to win the game right I think deep balls we got to iron that out in practice like what about just staying after practice and heaving deep balls you know like it couldn't get any worse whether it's the receivers coming back whether it's the routes whether it's the actual throws from Jordan Love it can't get any worse I would like to see just some you know anything to, to improve that uh, penalties offensive line you know injuries players are I think the players and, and the whole team was a little shocked at like the the backlash they were receiving for having just tons of the teams sitting out when they probably could have been going and it resulting in successive losses that puts the Packers in a deep hole I think the organization like on a organizational wide basis was shocked at the backlash they received so it's very funny how now um you know everyone was pretty much healthy right but, but except Quay Walker didn't play so so there is a little bit of that this team is just not it's not a well-oiled machine right now and uh, well-oiled machine Here's um, what I, I will say they did play their hearts out for Razul Douglas and I was so happy to see that we're gonna miss you Razul if you miss it Packers trader Razul Douglas Radio Douglas for a third round pick next year Alex I think um let's talk a little bit more about the game then maybe we can talk about this Razul thing yeah, my take on the game, let's fire the offensive line coach because they can't, as you mentioned, Cage, even line up correctly. And maybe you've played a sport before, refs aren't by the book. It's like Lafleur expects them to be by the book. It's like, bro, they just called you on that. If you do that again, I'm going to look at you like you're an idiot yeah. because they already called you on that. So that's where the line is. It's it's kind of like oh if you cross the line on a certain person you know you might be you might you might take some you might be surprised if you do it again like. <laughs> yeah you know and if you do it again you know what do you expect right and so Packers fans that was kind of where I was coming from and the frustration is just good teams do not make those mistakes twice the good teams know how to line up bro yeah <laughs> you know like let's let's like, let's give let's, the, let's like let's, let's go back to the yeah, basics we gotta line up yeah. Yeah, and then they're throwing in, you know, Sean Ryan. We're we're mixing guys in and out at left tackle, kind of the most pivotal position on the offensive line. Josh Myers is just pretty much as disastrous as you can get, but you spent a second-round pick on him, so you're pretty much stuck with him. (laughs) Trying to save face a little bit. You're trying to save face, Cage. This guy can't play. He can't be your center solution. And, you know, Elton Jenkins... I expect him more to hold it together, but this is just a makeshift line. I'm so disappointed. They should have prepared better expecting Bakhtiari not to be there. It's like, come on. This is the best product you can put out on the line. The line's supposed to be good. Um, So I think that's a move they have to look at, Cage, because teams around the league, Raiders fired their whole, you know. That's a good point. They fired their coach. They fired their GM. And uh, Josh McDaniels, he's out. And, KG, you, you mentioned that Rizul Douglas, he's out. Uh, we yeah. want to talk about those trades. Well, I, I think it's interesting to mention the Raiders because they actually had a better record than the Packers. So I don't think they're, like, the model organization in terms of being the best-run organization. 
But they were playing some awful football, and if you watch their game, uh, Monday Night Football versus the Lions, which was the last game of the, the coach and the GM, it was like equivalent to the Packers in the sense where there was just so many problems everywhere you looked. You're like, where do you even start, right? Like, we need changes. And that's kind of what everyone said in terms of their reflection. They're like, look, we were heading in the wrong direction. Like, we needed to change something. Uh that was basically the theme of it is like we weren't going the wrong the, the right direction we we're headed in the wrong direction it's like when you're in a path in life and maybe you hang out with some the wrong crowd i mean that could have serious effects like ripple effects on you three five ten years down the line like the the ones around you just like life prospects and it's it's very important i think to we are much more like reactionary in the state of wisconsin where i think i think maybe uh, like the coasts might move a little quicker to, to can someone in New York. I certainly know like in the, in the world of soccer, they will can these managers like it's nobody's business. They, they expect winning. It's because there's relegation and promotion on the line. So they have no choice but to win. Otherwise, there will be like, you know, an entire city's community might be devastated. Um, economy. Yeah, it's it just it's just very interesting, man. You know, like I, the Packers, I think LaFleur bought himself some time. I really do. I, I I can't. If he wasn't gone, like if they would have lost yesterday's game, you gotta like rip the bandaid off. I think, but he bought himself some time. He doesn't deserve it. Goot bought himself some time. He doesn't deserve it either. Maybe they'll prove us wrong. In which case, it would have to take the Packers shaping up in many many ways, becoming much more organized, severely cutting down on their penalties, scoring many more points. Like if you look at the Packers breakdown right now, Packers fans, if you look at their stats, we have a top ten defense. Our defense is top 10. Remember, we were talking about that earlier before the year. We're like, look, if we can get a top 10 or top 5 defense and our, our our offense can maybe even be just, like, average, that is a formidable team. Well, our defense is getting the job done, our offense is atrocious. It's, like, bottom third in everything. That is Matt LaFleur's area of expertise. So we can make excuses or you can say, look, man, if, if you're coming in here, like, and you're supposed to be the offensive guru, right? It, it's like you, you got a foreign car or something, and you take it to, to the guy who knows how to work on the BMW or the, or the European parts or something. You expect him to know him or her to know what they're doing. You, you know, like you don't expect them to like have no clue when they actually are uh, labeled as a, as a specialist. Like Matt Lafleur is labeled as one of these guys. He's a he's a brilliant offensive mind. You know, you learn from McVeigh, learn from the best, had success other places, blah blah blah, and. He just isn't really – there's a disconnect there. Like, it, the results aren't there based upon what we being, we're being sold. It's almost like when you buy a bag of chips and you expect there to be more chips in the bag, but it's really just a bag of air with, like, 10 <laughs> chips in it. It's almost like Matt LaFleur. It's like we're buying no, a bag here, of chips, cold but there's not many chips in the bag. So when they were showing that they were both assistants, McVeigh and LaFleur for Washington, you know, McVeigh got the head coaching job in L.A., brought in Lafleur to be the OC so obviously there's trust there Cage but Lafleur then gets the job in Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers three years pretty much for a chance to win you know a title can't do it actually McVeigh wins it in LA by pull, pulling a trade for Matt Stafford and getting the job done with Matt Stafford former Lion arch nemesis of the Packers right you know rival of the Packers so McVeigh has just always been a higher level coach and 
the difference for me in that game was the fact that this Brett Rippian guy was just absolutely horrible. He was the worst guy on the field. And, and you could kind of see he was running for <laughs> he his was life. So bad. Yeah. From, the, from the very beginning, you know, I was yeah. kind of shocked at McVay. I was kind of like, this is his backup quarterback of choice, you know? But um, interesting enough, Packers fans. I kind of feel like what I saw out of the team was a lot of sloppiness, a lot of penalties, a lot of turnovers, a lot of just not really the heads, you know, inspiring play, right? Like the fans were alive. I remember multiple go pack goal chants that were really rocking the stadium going crazy. Fans were amazing. Yeah, give but, yourself a pat on the back. But but truly the play was not exciting like it should be it shouldn't have been great you know more missed blocks uh, more just kind of no non-conversions on short yardage situations mm-hmm. uh, penalties on defense um, well and it's it's very interesting because I think the last week there was a lot of talk there was a lot of defending and excuse making going on for uh, Matt LaFleur and I would say Goot as well because Joe Barry is actually playing pretty you know he's doing pretty well uh, defense is top 10 He's had just as many injuries. He just had, you know, Razul Douglas traded away. Like, Joe Barry's going through adversity, and frankly, he's kind of just shutting up and doing his job. And um, I, I can't really fault him too much. Like, to have our defense be top 10, you know, that, we'd take that if, if you asked us about it earlier in the year or before the season started. But a lot of people were like, okay, for those of you who aren't big fans of Matt LaFleur, how many other better coaches are out there? It, like they were actually like sincere in asking the question. <laughs> like, like, could you name one? Like, man, it's not a super high bar. You look at who is available. You look at the most talented coordinators in the league. Maybe someone's already been a head coach, but you have your pick of the of the lot. You know, this is the Green Bay Packers. This is one of the most storied franchises, potentially in the history of sports, and it's not that hard to attract talent at least from a coaching perspective there. I, I know that some people say all oh, players don't want to come into Green Bay. Well, Charles Woodson came here. Reggie White came here. I mean, even guys like Jimmy Graham who busted, you know, he, he, he had upside before he did bust. Like, free agents have shown they will come if we get out the checkbook. Julius. Uh, and it's very interesting because this almost leads me to a Brian Gutenkunst point someone brought up last week. When was Goot most effective? The answer was when he inherited Aaron Rodgers and like $90 million in cap space. When he signed Zadarius, Big Z, he signed Preston Smith, he signed Adrian Amos, and then the Packers went 13-3, and 13-3 and with Aaron Rodgers. And it's pretty much been like regression since. Well, if you don't give your GM 90 mil to play with every offseason and he might not be as effective, that might tell you something about his GMing skills, right, or his like management skills when it comes to this organization. So... Ask yourself objectively, Packers fans. So many busts. It's it's unacceptable. But, like, Goode isn't probably going to go anywhere right now. But ask yourselves, like, just ask yourself the question. Well, here's a comment I saw. I don't know if this was this last week, Packers fans. But, I mean, like, what has Goode done without He doesn't care about what the fans have to say anymore, right? Or, like, Cage, did you see that quote? Yeah, man, I mean, like, I, along I, don't those really take, lines. I don't really take a lot of offense to that because, let's face it, the Packers have been extremely disconnected, I think, with just, like, winning for a while, man. You know, like, th- there hasn't been enough accountability. There are too many mistakes. The fans want to see at least, like, a serviceable football, guys lining up correct. And, 
You know, if you're going to be dismissive towards that kind of We're standard. We're in our last five games. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Brett Ripien. I mean, it's like Gucci shouldn't really be. He doesn't have a lot of wiggle room, in my opinion. I don't understand really why doesn't. people defend him. This is, is kind of the point I'm at. It's like the only people who defend him believe Jordan Love is the next Aaron Rodgers. It's an interesting point because I think the jury's still out. I don't know if he'll be Aaron. He's got to work on that deep ball. I certainly don't believe Jordan Love's a bust. Just so all the listeners know where I'm coming from, I still believe in Jordan Love. I think that all of this subpar management has resulted in him having an extremely, extremely turbulent situation. And he's navigating it. Luckily, we got a win. Um, you know, he flashes. He's definitely athletic. But like Alex said, yeah, I mean, it, it, Jordan Love is the guy that Goot's legacy will hinge on. Because it's certainly ain't hinging on any of these other draft classes, in my opinion. Um, no, but I will no. say, going back to the Matt LaFleur thing, kind of trying to find some positives. I did like the tight end call that got Musgrave his first uh, career TD. And I think the Packers did execute that to perfection. Because if they didn't, it would have been something of a train wreck. It might have been Jordan Love might have been hit hard. It might have been a fumble. It might have been a turnover. But we, we faked him out. You know, we faked out the Rams' defense. Musgrave got in the end zone for his first career TD. About time. He's a second-round pick. And I will say I'm going to give the offense some props on that one. So, Alex, uh, any other good pack maybe you want to add in? Um, feel free to add some bad pack. But, yeah, good pack and bad I'll, pack. I'll say in good pack is you need your stars to get going by any means. And... Keyshawn Nixon was the most fiery guy in the defense I saw in the first half. He he was the guy who was kind of around the ball making tackles, even from the secondary, right? And he shouldn't be the one leading and inspiring the defense. And in the second half, I saw Jair Alexander kind of become that guy. He got himself going with some pass breakups, and then he had a couple tackles, and most notably the tipped ball that went into the rookie Johnson's arms for the interception cage. I believe that even though we didn't really see that big, you know, boost in this game from Jair, that might tra- that's going to translate big just for him, right? Like mm-hmm. he's been battling injuries. Well, you need your best players playing well. I thought Devondre Campbell had a good game. He's someone I'm looking at to kind of like hold it down. If we can get Quay back and get healthy, that's going to be solid. Um, on the same side cage, Carrington, Valentine, and some of these young guys, they are able to contribute. I don't know what it's going to be like against good teams. So take it with a grain of salt. That's why I'm overall happy that Jack Alexander is getting going because he will contribute against the good teams. And you, you want him to have that confidence that he can make turnovers because mm-hmm. he's kind of just been missing those. You know, he had another yeah. one go through his hands. And it, it gets to you after a point, I imagine. Well, I think there's just a whole collective, collective among the Packers organization that they were doing like better than they were. And I think last week, man, was a wake up call because you saw the team dig deep and get that win, whether it was LaFleur, whether it was Jordan Love, whether it was, you know, the defense, whether it was even Jair himself getting active, Keyshawn Nixon trying his hardest. Maybe it wasn't even the criticism that got to the Packers and, and led them to having that win performance. Uh, maybe it was just honoring Razul. And I think going back to that, the Packers got a third-round pick, which I do believe to be, like, 
more compensation I expected we might get. I was shocked when we traded Rizzo. I thought he was like the heartbeat of the team. <coughs> Excuse me. You could see how into it he was. He would make plays. I mean, he saved our season two years ago. The guy is a fan favorite if there ever was one. And we're going to miss him. And I think his impact in the locker room really shown when he was traded. I mean, I thought it was very telling how Jair didn't even know Razul was traded until the next day. So, like, to give yourselves an idea of how unplugged Jair Alexander is, which I can't really hate on too much because I don't necessarily think it's, like, a like a better thing to be, you know, super plugged in 24-7. I think there's probably a balance where you probably should be aware of, you know, what's going on with your team when you're in season if you are that high paid. Um, but but it's just, like, you know, all these hints that are being dropped, all these clues that are being sprinkled about the Packers organization – it really is a hodgepodge right now, man. And uh, we're going to miss Razul. I think, yeah, like we don't really do anything with the third round picks anyways. That's the frustrating part to a lot of Packers fans, especially when Chase Young we just had for a third round pick. So that was, that killed me, Packers fans. I wanted Chase Young ever since before the season started. If you've been listening to this show, um, he's a, you know, he's not like J.J. Watt. Well, well, but he just... is able to wreck a game at any moment's notice. And, uh, Here's a take. Here's a flaming take about the trade deadline. Take, deadline. Here's a flaming, flaming take could be about better, the trade could be deadline. Worse. I give it a solid B I don't have the stats on this, Packers fan, so I'm just going on a whim here. But teams that I recall trading for players using draft picks as capital, the Kansas City Chiefs recently, right? They're always trading for it seems like a new player, getting somebody. Eagles. In. Eagles. Oh, they're they're trading. They're trading. They're they're kind of you know making their moves the patriots used to always do that cage take a chance on a receiver you know make a trade and want to know who hasn't the packers yeah why is it why what data is pointing towards this is the way for green bay at some point i'm looking at these third round picks i don't have faith in goot nailing on anybody no, he takes project players with ras scores who don't know how to line up correctly mm. and, and it's like here's where i'm at a third round pick for chase young like you have driven us into a <laughs> cap nightmare if you yeah. if you can't make that move we've been begging for it we were thinking second round picks they might be asking for chase young to find out a third got it done Oh, well, here's my hurt. thing. Uh, just to add on to this, and, the Bears traded for Montez Sweat, and then they extended him, and then Packers fans feel like they can just talk down to the Bears. Like, we have no business talking down to anybody right now. Our management is not the cream of the crop. Our coaching is not the cream of the crop, and our team ain't the cream of the crop either. Neither is our quarterback, our line, our run. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I think the Packers nation, we really need to, like, worry about our own house right now. Um, it felt good to get that win versus the Bears week one. It did not feel good to lose the Vikings. It did not feel good to, to watch ourselves get beat down versus the Lions. But what does that tell you? It tells you that we, we're kind of like a lower middle of the pack team. And we, we shouldn't really be talking that S, frankly, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, like, there there is no faith, like you said, for Gut to nail in these picks. It almost reminds me of, of a time when I played Madden. And, and Madden would, would differ years to years. But there was sometimes when... You would like draft your your draft class, or you would draft your players. Like you, you do the off the season, then you do the off season, the NFL draft, and it was almost like there was a there was like a level drop off after like the 
the the second the first and second round picks where those guys might be in like the 70s you know you might get like an 80 you might be like a starter and then like the third round and downward are just like 60s and like you know like where, where those guys are not going to play um it, it kind of seems like that's what the third round picks have been with Goot. like maybe if it's a first maybe if it's a second he can get some production out of it but if it's a third round like expect something relative to like 60s production i don't know maybe we can be pleasantly surprised it'll be interesting i think the best use of these picks bro is you gotta like use this capital to to bring in these impact players i don't know it's it's tough it's interesting um i want to i want to take a moment and and say that my uh some more positive pack some more good pack i don't know if i'm gonna anoint him a dog or a leader just yet but i i see this guy as a piece and his name is Carl Brooks. I feel like Carl Brooks is one of these younger guys on our team who just happens to make plays. You know, I know, I know a lot of Packers coaches talking up guys like Isaiah McDuffie, you know, talking up some of these other guys. But to me, Carl Brooks kind of goes in there and makes plays per, like, play capita. Like, like I've seen Lucas Van Ness make plays, but he's a first-round pick, and he's not out there that often. Well, Frank Clark is out there. I've seen Kenny, Kenny, Kingsley Annex Barre. Some people call him JJ. I've seen him make plays. This is his second year, but he's barely on the field himself. When Carl Brooks is on the field, he's made more plays than Kingsley this year. Um, he's probably made more from plays Bowling than Lucas Green Van Cage. Remember we were talking about he was the first player drafted from Bowling Green or something like that, or like one of two players. It's been a while. Uh, yeah, so you know, and, and um, he could probably he could. He's play. got the dog I, I in him. I mean, maybe he is a dog because, like, look, if you make it out of Bowling he would Green, be a good you dog make it on the football field, like, you gotta nothing's handed to you at that point. So yeah. I want to shine some light. Carl Brooks, keep doing what you're doing. Keep being a shining light. Carrington Valentine, I liked his performance too. It made me sad that Rizul was traded. That one really, you know, got me in the gut, Packers fans. But, hey, guess what? Life goes on. If anything, maybe Rizul will, uh, I don't know, man. It would be tough to see him go and win the whole thing with the Bills. But you'd have to be happy for him. Uh <laughs> Him and hey, Micah Radiant. Hyde are just man in the second. R.I.P. to one of the greatest nicknames of all time, Radio, radio Douglas. Douglas. Oh, I'm gonna miss him. Man. Oh, gonna miss Radio, him. gonna gonna miss you, Radio. But, so, uh, what do we got next? We got the Steelers, and let's we do some the around Ste- the NFL. Yeah, so Steelers. Let's take a look here, Packers fans. What do we have with the pretty Steelers? brutal offense? Mike Tomlin's still over there. A couple impact Badgers players on the on the squad. You got T.J. Watt, defensive player of the year candidate. You got a, uh, you know, pretty much like a superstar, Minka Fitzpatrick. But then you got the younger guys, Keanu Benton, second round pick out of Wisconsin, defensive lineman, Nick Herbig, third round pick, offensive, or excuse me, outside linebacker from Wisconsin. Uh, the team has a lot of like good pieces, and they, you know, they do have. I'm not going to say exceptional leadership, but like quality leadership with Mike Tomlin. Like, you aren't going to have guys lining up out of, you know, out of place more than one time, maybe the entire game with Mike Tomlin. Uh, so to me, this could be anybody's game. I almost think the Steelers are going to be slight favorites going in. Uh, I view them as just they're a playing, little more polished. They're, they're playing a little better football. They're actually five and three Packers fans. So AFC North standings, seven and two Baltimore, Pittsburgh, five and three tied with Cleveland, also five and three Cincinnati, also five and three. So that division is loaded and Pittsburgh's competing. That's what I have to give them credit for. They're out there competing with Kenny Pickett. This is what KJ and I mentioned. You actually have an advantage with love on this guy. So, okay, what are the other aspects of the game? Najee Harris also seems like a bit of a bust in our opinion. 
AJ, you know, the running back for Pittsburgh, George Pickens. Uh, I like him a lot. I like him a lot, and he seems like a star. So I think, you know, with the Steelers, you have to expect plays from the defense. But, Cage, this is winnable. I see a yeah. winnable game. But, however, if you put yourself in the Pittsburgh shoes, right, after reading that division, they have everything to play for. They're, they're in yep. the hunt to just survive in that division. So they look at this Packers game as like, hey, we have the Browns and Bengals back-to-back after them. We need to get this win. Yeah, we need we to mop need the to floor with these win. Packers. Yeah, um, so they're going to give prediction? us a good shot. And do you have a prediction for everybody? Prediction for me, uh, I think Steelers 28, Packers 21. I think this might be a little higher scoring than we're expecting, but I, I think uh, I don't have faith for the Packers to, to really churn out wins yet against quality teams, and I want to be pleasantly surprised. What about you, Al? I would love to be pleasantly surprised as well, but Packers fans, I think it's going to be a Steelers win. I think it's going to be 20 to 17 it's going to be a three-point game or less. i think it's going to be a close <laughs> one and i think we may see a sack from nick herbig nick herbig uh who was on the ike badgers podcast badger uh packers fan so if you don't know this guy he's an edge rusher from the university of wisconsin we had him on our show multiple times the ike badgers podcast we got well. to know him really well as well as keanu benton he's a defensive tackle both of these guys from wisconsin they're, they're went to guys. pittsburgh this year they're impact players they joined tj watt they join a pretty always you know minka fitzpatrick the a good defensive defense, culture yeah a good defensive culture there in pittsburgh and they actually also have nate herbig uh, Nick's brother Cage lineman, on, yeah. on the offensive side So this team I see a lot of brotherhood and culture in Pittsburgh I think that's going to get them this victory That's why I'm giving their prediction yeah. They're going to come away with it They just have more of that brotherhood culture Than what I'm seeing out of the Packers I see kind of a You know a changing in the guard in the receiving room I'm not so sure Christian Watson Or Romeo Dobbs like what? What is going on in the receiving room right now? Nobody ah. knows, but but that's a great point. You brought up George Pickens, and then there's Christian Watson. It feels like a lot of people were giving Christian Watson his flowers yesterday for making a single catch, a single catch. And this is where we're at, Packers Nation. Like that's why a lot of people like listening to Ike Packers because if you didn't, I think, listen to some actual real unbiased coverage. You would be thinking the Packers are 16-0 and and everything's rainbows and dandies. You know, rosy, amazing, undefeated team with phenomenal coaches, great young players. They're doing amazing things. But it's like Christian Watson, had, I believe he had one catch for like 37 yards. He didn't find the end zone. Like, bro, we're talking bare minimum. That's got to be your bare minimum. That's going to be your floor. And, and it was one of those things like, oh, should we take the guy from the D2 school or should we take George Pickens? This guy looks like a killer out of Georgia. I mean, think back to his draft video when he got drafted. I know that said something. Uh, not sure what it said, but it definitely said something. And, man, I mean, like right now it looks like the George Pickens pick was the way to go. The jury's still out. We've seen Christian Watson's talent. Like, we got to do more than the bare minimum. I'm not ready to give the guy the, the flowers for just making a single catch. As Jaden Reed said last week, it's literally what they're paid to do. So let's, let's kind of <laughs> reset things. We got we to live in the real world here. And, um, yeah, man, 
I, I think uh, this is the Steelers to lose, I'm, but I'm the we're, we're going to be optimistic. Yeah. I just want to add one one point that the Steelers actually went out and got Quan Alexander. Love so that he's move. He's also on the Steelers defense. He had an interception last week. Uh, so, you know, this defense has playmakers. Joey Porter Jr., KJ, you know, yep. the cornerback for Penn State. A lot of people um, say first-round talent. Isaiah Loudermilk, another player that's been on the uh, Ike Badgers podcast, Packers <laughs> fans. Badgers everywhere. <laughs> They're everywhere on this roster. It's it's pretty fun. It's going to be a great game to watch regardless. So make sure you stick right with us at Ike Packers on X. The conversation is always fun, always great. Keep sharing it with your friends. If you like today's episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That's the number one way to help us grow texting it to a friend is tremendous as well kj i want to thank you for coming on the show any final thoughts for our listeners today yeah packers fans glass half full today you know it doesn't mean that it was the most delicious tasting water it doesn't mean that it was a good temperature it could have been tap water for all we know but there are certain circumstances where that any water tastes good and, and i think that we got a win yesterday we got a win this week and I think, you know, it was an ugly one, but let's be positive. It, let's win on this. If we turn this one ugly win into two wins in a row, then that's something where we can actually start, you know, just really kind of building on it. But there wasn't much to really build on last week except for the fact that it was w. like a win in the win column. Exactly. So, and hey, that's, that's all, something. That's, that's all something. we needed. That, they that's all, all the Packers. The same. So, Packers fans. You know there's very little entertainment that beats Packers football. So, <laughs> you know where we're going to be. We're going to be having a great time just enjoying the Packers you. season with all of you. It's going to be fun. Text a show to a friend. Say, hey, do you think the Packers have righted the ship at all? You know, where do you stand on this? Let's just get some good banter going this week because it's a beautiful day in Wisconsin in the fall. There's a lot to be thankful for. Thank you for having me, Alex. We'll talk to you soon, Packers fans. We'll see you next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Ike Packers podcast and want to help the show, please subscribe, tell a friend, and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This is how we can continue to give great value to you. As always, till next time, Packers fans. Go Packers. Go. You are now listening to Ike Music. i
Oh, man, I know. 